When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Three, two, one. When I'm working out, I love to listen to your podcast. Whenever you say something, other people react to it. Taking my breath away, Aaron. Fern Lundquist joins me. Hall of Famer, Jim Calhoun, NASCAR icon Dale Earnhardt Jr. Kirk Herbstreet is on the phone. Here, I hope everybody. We. I hope everybody yeah. is having a great oh, day. So, so, we got a loaded episode of the Aaron Torres Pod. This episode is freaking loaded. We're going to open the big story. Everybody knows you don't need me to tell you. It is Michigan. And even since our last episode, two, three, four more stories have broken. None of them are good. This gets worse by the day for Michigan. And I want to talk about what's next for this program and Jim Harbaugh. Take a quick break. We will preview the week nine action in college football, Oregon, Utah, Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, Tennessee, etc. Then we'll take a quick break and give me a second to explain what we'll do from there. Earlier this week, I had the opportunity to interview Michigan football star Blake Corn. Many of you are probably sitting there saying, how, why would you interview this guy this week or how did this come about? The interview was done well before virtually any of the information came out this week. There were not a lot of reports at the time. We still thought it was sign stealing. And so I interviewed Blake Corum. I did ask him if it's a distraction, et cetera. He kind of answered the question diplomatically. But I really wrestled back and forth with keeping this interview in the show. I've decided to do it for the simple reason that I want you guys and girls that listen to this show to get access to a different side of the Michigan situation. You can agree, is it right, is it wrong, did they break the rules? But Blake Blake Corm, I think, you know, one, he's an incredible kid, does incredible work in the community, but I think he also presents a different side of Michigan football. Again, the interview was done well before most of these reports came out. Want to couch it, want to explain it, but that is why we are running the interview. Finally, we will wrap today's show with America's Favorite Podcast segment where Aaron was right, where Aaron was wrong, giving the best and worst takes of the week. Before we get started, a couple quick reminders. One, if you're not subscribed on YouTube or if you're listening on YouTube, make sure that you are subscribed. YouTube channel's blowing up. Appreciate everybody's support there. We're closing in on 28,000 subscribers. If you're watching on YouTube, click subscribe, like this video. Your support really does help this channel grow. Also, if you're listening on podcasts, do your boy a favor, okay? Give me a five-star review. Go ahead and leave a comment. That stuff really does help us move up the charts, help people become aware of this show. I think we've done a great job breaking everything down. So make sure to do both of those things. Subscribe on YouTube, subscribe on Apple, leave a five-star review if you are on Apple. With that said, there is no more time to waste. And let's get to the topic of the day. And the topic of the day, you do not need me to tell you. What the topic of the day is today, it is obviously all of the latest with Michigan football, everything that's going on as two, three, four new reports have come out just since we were on air on Wednesday. And it's interesting because the first thing I would say before we even get into it, this is a pretty good reminder. It's funny, right? We're told in life, I'm sure your parents or grandparents told you, trust your gut, trust your instinct. And I bring it up because when this story broke on Friday, I saw most of the media, oh, it's no big deal. Everybody does it. Screw the NCAA. They're out to get Michigan. And I remember saying to myself, like, like, am I missing something here? This feels big. This feels like an integrity issue. I'm not anti-scouting other teams. But if you're the only one sending 
assistant coaches or whomever on the road to scout other teams, a person that feels like a big deal. And as I said, as days have gone on, this continues to get worse and worse. Where we last left the story was actually on Tuesday night. This is like seven news cycles ago, okay? So where we last left the story was the ESPN report that Michigan uh, staffer Connor Stallions had bought tickets to 30 different Big Ten games uh, with the, the the plan to kind of scout them, and, and we talked about all that. Since then, here are all the things that have happened because this is all important context here, okay? So one, a Yahoo report came out that said it's not just the Big Ten. There is a, uh, the report said they scouted Tennessee in person last year, Clemson, Georgia, Alabama, teams that they could potentially see in the college football playoff. That's important, not just a Big Ten thing. And this is now a national scandal. Uh, there was a report, by the way, from Football Scoop that they may have shared intel with another school, uh, which is an interesting conversation in and of itself. But from there, there was a profile by Sports Illustrated on Connor Stallions, did not make him look good. If you missed that, go back and read it. But where I really want to start is, is, is essentially with the report on Wednesday night from the Washington Post, because this is the most damning. This calls the most into question, and it comes just hours before we learned on Thursday, the most updated piece of news that the NCA is on campus at Michigan interviewing people. This is a debacle. This is a disaster. And I don't think this is going to end well for Michigan or Jim Harbaugh. Now, in terms of the Washington Post article, I think everybody knows all of the details, but if you somehow missed it or you don't know everything, essentially what you need to know from the Washington Post is this. It's about, you know, eight, nine months ago, if you remember, a Michigan assistant coach was fired for what were deemed computer access crimes at the time. We don't know what they were. It was not good. Now, it's worth noting we found out on Thursday that the FBI is now investigating that. Um, and so that didn't necessarily have anything to do with this. It didn't, as a matter of fact, the Ann Arbor police said it did not, but at the same time, why it's important is after that incident, Michigan hired its own inve outside investigators to just kind of figure out what's going on with, is there something more that we need to know after this? And it was through that investigation that the Washington post found out that documents were found and videos were found on, on, you know, kind of the staffers computers that really kind of drag uh, in theory. If, let me put it this way. A lot more information was found by this outside investigation that was already turned over to police to turn over to the NCA, excuse me. And I bring it up. Michigan fans are questioning why is an outside investigation turning things over to the NCA? There's already rumors about how it got to the NCAA, some people are accusing Michigan people of, of leaking it themselves. But the information that got out is the important part. And it is what we are here to discuss because the information is really, really bad. What is the information? We found out that, again, it was more detailed and more in-depth than even the Yahoo report. And Yahoo's done a great job, so it's not a discredit to them. But essentially that Michigan has spent over or was planning on, I should say, spending over $15,000 this year, this season, to send assistant coaches all over the country. Eight Ohio State games this year. Eight Georgia games with the anticipation that they were going to see them in the playoff. Over $3,000 allocated just for Ohio State games. $3,000 allocated just for Georgia games. And so I bring it up because this is damning for one simple reason. You have Connor Stallions, a guy making $55,000 a year. And all Michigan fans on the internet have been dying to tell you that he's a one-man operation, that he's doing it by himself, that he's getting his buddies involved that have nothing to do with Michigan football. And I will say, I think that Sports Illustrated profile of him through text messages did not really paint him in the best picture. But when you're talking about $15,000, when you're talking about eight Ohio State games, eight Georgia games, it feels darn near impossible to assume that it is solely a one-man rogue operation. The $15,000, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of plane tickets. That's a lot of coordination. The idea that he was getting all of this outside information from outside the program, getting it back in, disseminating everything without anybody knowing except for him, it's really, really hard to believe it after the Washington Post story. By the way, it's really hard to believe it after you see the videos earlier in the week 
of him communicating directly with with uh, the the offensive and defensive coordinators in previous years. Why is that important? Well, it also leads to what happened on Thursday as we got a report that NCA investigators are on campus um, and they're interviewing people. And there's there's mixed reports on who was interviewed, who wasn't. It's a bye week for Michigan. You wonder how many coaches are even on campus right now. A lot of them probably on the road recruiting. But boy, oh boy, oh boy, this is not good. I think, first of all, the, the, the biggest problem is what I just said, is that one, it's hard to make the argument, $15,000, eight Ohio State games, you know, somewhere over a half a dozen Georgia games. It's hard to make the argument that this is a one-man rogue operation, right? Um, I, I get that Michigan fans will tell you that it was buddies of his, that it wasn't people that worked for the school. I'm just telling you, it makes it really hard. I think the other thing that stands out, this is important. I haven't heard a lot of people talk about this. The NCAA being on campus is huge. And I've seen a lot of people say, well, the NCAA moves so slow and nothing's going to come of this for years upon years upon years upon years. But here is the difference between this and other NCAA investigations. In other NCAA investigations, this is essentially what happens. A report comes out, something comes out, rumor comes out, an article comes out. And then what ends up happening is the NCAA has to go to campus, interview people, get their own information, do their own investigation. You want to go back to the FBI college basketball stuff? I talked about that enough, okay? In that investigation, the FBI had all the information. Then the FBI told the NCAA to stand down. Then the NCAA had to go do their own investigations. And so that is the normal process. What is different here is that this independent investigation has already turned everything over to the NCAA. So yeah, you have to go to campus and talk to people, but it's also worth noting that you also have to, um, that, that they now have information available to them. They don't have to go trying to search that, you know, we, we talk all the time. The NCAA doesn't have subpoena power. They don't have to subpoena anybody. They, they don't have to, they have all the information. And so if it's all there on paper, it isn't a months and years long investigation. It's we already got this. We already have the the documents, the 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 plane tickets, the 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 ticket purchases, whatever. And again, you can agree or disagree whether this rule is stupid or not. In Jim Harbaugh's defense, I've seen Nick Saban, Brian Kelly, Deion Sanders, Matt Rule all come out saying we should just have helmets in in you know in we should have um speakers in helmets. It doesn't change the fact that you egregiously broke the rules and the NCA already essentially has all the information that they need. Couple other things and none of this lines up well for Michigan. One, let me add this. When I look at this situation, there's another factor that I haven't heard anybody. To, well, I've heard one person talk about it because he's the one that I'm going to reference right now. But Adam Rittenberg brought up a good point that I have been asked throughout this week. I've had a bunch of people ask me this week. Um, about does the like like if the NCA drags their feet, does the can the Big Ten do something or can the college football playoff committee do something? In other words, if the college football playoff committee believes that Michigan is cheating and they've broken some sort of sacrament, do they have to put Michigan in the playoff if they are 13 and 0 and win the Big Ten? The answer is no, you can pick whoever you want. But it's also interesting from the Big Ten perspective. Because the Big Ten actually has the power to essentially do the same, to essentially say, you know what, something's not right here. We're making you ineligible to even be uh, our conference champion. We're not going to let you play for a conference championship. We're not going to let you represent us in the college football playoff. Well, Adam Rittenberg tweeted that out on Thursday afternoon. He said, I confirmed that the Big Ten can initiate its own investigation into Michigan under the sportsmanship policy if it deems necessary. That hasn't happened, but Commissioner Tony Petiti has authority to initiate a probe to determine whether an offensive action, offensive action occurred. He continued in a second tweet. Under the Big Ten sportsmanship policy, any school under investigation would have the right to defend itself, outline its position, but disciplinary actions from the league are final and not subject to appeal. And so essentially, Adam Rittenberg just said what I said is that we're not saying it will happen, but the Big Ten, if they have deemed, and there's a possibility they could get pressure from their member schools, if they deem that some sort of code was broken, that Michigan went above and beyond, and it it messed with the integrity of Big Ten football, 
the Big Ten can launch its own investigation. They're not under the timeline of the NCAA. They don't have to go through, you know, months and months and months and months of whatever. They can very simply say, you know what? This is the deal. This is what's going on, whatever. Um, and they could, if they choose, again, make Michigan ineligible to compete for a conference championship, whatever, even if they're undefeated. So that's something to keep an eye on as well. I don't know if Michigan, I don't know if the Big Ten would have the guts to do it. I tend to think they wouldn't, but they might be getting pressure from the Ohio States, from the Penn States. And I'm not accusing those schools. I'm just saying Michigan State, whoever. I mean, we heard Michigan State was trying to cancel their game because of integrity last week. So now the idea that 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 other schools are getting in into the Big Ten's ears, that's just something to keep an eye on as well. Now, in the bigger picture, I think a lot of people are asking me. What do you think is next for this program? And what do you think is next for Jim Harbaugh? Now, listen, what I would say is my reaction is bluntly a lot like a lot of other people's reactions as well. Um, You know, one, it is impossible to know like what's next, right? It's easy to sit here and speculate in this and that, but this is literally an unprecedented thing. We don't have any history of this level of sign stealing, deception, whatever you want to call it. And again, we can debate. Is sign stealing illegal? We don't know. Sign stealing is not illegal, excuse me. But what is illegal is to send other to send your representatives to other campuses, something that Michigan egregiously did over and over and over and over and over and over again. This is different. Ohio State's not doing it. Penn State's not doing it. Michigan State's not doing it. Georgia's not doing it. Clemson's not doing it. So I bring it all up because this is huge. And so we don't know what the NCAA is going to do. But a couple things stand out, and I'll get out of here. One, as I said a couple times now, I think it's increasingly hard to see a scenario where it is a rogue operation, right? Because that's what Michigan's going to say, and that's what they should say. They should say, you know what? This guy was a little bit, you know, whatever. We'll, we'll keep it politically correct here, but he was not all in his facilities. He's trying to go above and beyond, whatever. That's what Michigan would say. But our guys didn't know. Our assistants didn't know. Our head coach didn't know. This guy was a disaster, whatever. I think it's hard with the information that came out in the Washington Post article to make that argument. Not saying it's 100% vetted at this point, but if it's accurate, if it came from a private investigation into the school and it got all the way from the, it got to the NCAA, I think it's going to be hard to say that $15,000 was allocated. Eight Ohio State games, eight Georgia games. And no one knew except for Connor Stallions. Seems very unlikely to me. Finally, what I'll say, listen, I'm not rooting for this to end with Jim Harbaugh not being at Michigan next year. I'm not rooting for it. Listen, I picked Michigan to win the national championship this year. I'm the one that was saying three weeks ago they're the best team in college football. I want them to win. Like, I want them to win. But at the same time, it just feels harder and harder because it's going to be hard to defend Harbaugh. It's going to be hard to say that he knew nothing about this. And I do think realistically he'll have options. Now, I do think it'll be interesting. One, if things go sideways this year, does he have options? Like if, 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 you know, the team falls apart because either they were stealing signs or the pressure gets to them and they're not as good without stealing signs, whatever it is, you know, if they finish nine and three, which I don't think they're going to, um, does an NFL team want them? I would think they would, but I do think if you're an NFL team, you got to sit there and say he was great 10 years ago in the NFL, but then he goes to college. It can't beat Ohio state till he starts stealing signs. So the point I'm trying to make is I do tend to think, This is probably the last hurrah for Harbaugh. I hope he stays. I hope he fights it. I hope he's at Michigan forever because I think he's good for college football. But this just feels like it is – it just doesn't feel like it's going to end well. And it feels like every single story that comes out, one, the narrative gets bigger, more wide-ranging, more people involved. And two, as I just said, I, I, I think it's very hard to argue that he is the only one involved. All right, so what we're gonna do, take a quick break, come back, and when we come back, We're going to switch gears, talk about week nine in college football. Really good slate that's just been completely overshadowed by this Michigan stuff. So we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. Talk week nine, Oregon, Utah, et cetera, et cetera. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChapaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Now I'm back. Gonna be back. Gonna be back. I do want to switch gears. And as hard as it is to believe, there is actually college football being played on the field this weekend. I know. Sounds crazy. There is stuff going on besides Michigan football's wild scandal. And I do want to get into the week nine preview. And I think what we'll do, because we went so long on Michigan, we'll just kind of jump from game to game, do about two, three minutes on all the big games. If you want the in-depth breakdown, make sure to download the college football betting pod with Aaron Torres. Just search college football betting Aaron Torres. You'll find it on both Apple, Spotify, as well as YouTube or wherever you get podcasts. Let's jump in with the big marquee one on Saturday afternoon. Uh, there's only two top 25 matchups this week. The first one that I want to discuss is in Salt Lake City, Utah. The Oregon Ducks traveling to take on the Utah Utes. Both teams are coming into this game with just one loss. So if you want to talk about college football playoff stuff, even Pac-12 championship game stuff, this is a really important game for both teams. Oregon actually a six and a half point home, uh, home a road favorite, excuse me, the over under set at 47 and a half. When I look at this game, obviously, look, a couple of things stand out, right? One, Utah, um, Utah's coming off that incredible win against USC. But I mentioned this on the college football betting pod, and I think it's at least worth noting here. They didn't play that well. And it's a credit to them for winning. That's not what this is about. Tear down Utah, whatever. But remember, in that game, they threw a pick six in that game. They basically essentially gave off a, gave up a punt return for a touchdown. Uh, Zachariah branch took back a punt deep into Utah territory. So I just bring it up because they played far from perfect. They still get that win, but now they're facing a much more complete, much more tough Oregon team that as we discussed before the Washington game, top 20 nationally in offense, top 20 nationally in defense, they're complete. They don't turn the ball over. They have good edge rushers. And so my lean would be Oregon here, but I am not making an official pick on this game for a couple of reasons. Do think Oregon probably has the edge, especially against a third string quarterback for Utah. But at the same time, from the Oregon perspective, a couple of things. One, Utah doesn't lose at home. You know, Utah hasn't lost a home game with fans in the stands since before COVID 27 game win streak at home with fans in the stands that dates back like five, six years. So they are almost unbeatable at home. And the other thing I noticed about Oregon, listen, Oregon's a great team. I said, in my opinion, they're one of the most complete teams in the country. But you know that they haven't faced a team in the Power Five. They've played four league games at this point, plus Texas Tech in the out-of-conference. None of them are ranked in the top half of college football nationally. Let me take it a step further. Colorado is literally the worst defense in college football. Stanford is bottom five. Washington state is bottom 10. Those are all teams Oregon played. And if you want to argue Oregon's offense helped put that those teams in the bottom 10, that's fine. But they also haven't been good against anybody else. Washington, who they beat, who they, they narrowly lost to on the road a few weeks ago. They're a fringe top 80 defense, which means they're essentially not only bottom half, but really about a bottom third in college football. Texas tech is in the bottom half as well. So I just bring it up because this Oregon team is going to face a defense unlike anything they've ever seen. Total stay away to me. If you had to make me pick, I'll say 24-21 Oregon on the road, but I don't feel good about it. You know, I I give out betting advice, but this is one I, I'm not betting. And I, you know, I can't tell you guys to bet a game that I wouldn't bet myself. Total stay away to me. 
Let's keep it going and let's get to some of the big SEC games this weekend. And obviously there is no bigger game. World's largest outdoor cocktail party, Florida, Georgia, Georgia, a 14 and a half point favorite. The over under is somewhere in those forties. Last time I checked, let's see where it is at right now. The Florida Gators uh, checking as we speak, bad radio over under is set at 49. When I look at this game, you know, uh, uh, interesting narratives, right? College football is such a narrative sport. Georgia is obviously coming in beat up. No Brock Bowers. This is the first time they will not have him. Hopefully he's coming back soon. But Florida is coming in with, I think you could argue, the most momentum that they've really had in the Billy Napier era. They have that wild comeback win against South Carolina a few weeks ago. After that, they have a bye week. They get a commitment from the number one defensive lineman in the country from, from Florida over the course of the bye week. So all of a sudden you sit there and say, oh my goodness, this team has a bunch of momentum. So obviously will that momentum carry into this game? I'll be blunt. I don't see it. You know, one, the Brock Bowers injury sucks, but Carson Beck is awesome. 73% completion percentage, the quarterback for Georgia. Uh, he's thrown touchdown passes to, I believe it is six other receivers or backs or tight ends. So Brock Bowers is great. It's not as though he is the only weapon that they have. There's two other variables as well. One, this does feel like kind of one of those moments where Kirby Smart can pull his voodoo and convince his team that nobody believes in them, right? People are questioning them because of the injuries. Obviously, this week, Michigan surpassed them in kind of the uh, betting markets, the betting odds. Michigan is now the favorite in Vegas, although that obviously comes with some caveats after the news of this week. But I just bring it up because Kirby Smart can use a little bit of that. Nobody believes in us. They think we can't win without Brock Bowers. They think Michigan is better. Well, now, you know, now it's a little bit of a different deal. And now Kirby Smart can really use that, that again, that voodoo to convince his team that nobody believes him. The other thing, and I mentioned this on the college football betting pod, maybe it means nothing, but I think it's at least worth considering here, is Florida and Georgia is obviously a neutral site game. And for years, the two coaches, specifically Kirby Smart and Billy Napier started doing it when he took the job. They really started kind of complaining publicly like, it's not fair that we don't get to bring recruits to this game. This would be every other year, essentially our biggest home game of the year. So Alabama gets to bring home game, bring recruits when they play LSU. LSU gets to bring recruits when they play Alabama. Texas gets to bring recruits when they play whoever. USC and Oregon, whatever, you get the point. Why I bring it up, Kirby Smart, Georgia, Florida petitioned to allow recruits at this game. And over the last two years, they have changed the rule. And so the team that is determined to be the home team gets to bring recruits. Last year, it was Georgia. This year, it's Florida. Why does that matter? Well, keep in mind, two SEC powers, bordering states. And I do wonder, do you think a lot of those recruits that are going to be there for Florida probably are being recruited by Georgia as well, right? So is this a moment for Kirby Smart to kind of just say, wait a second now, you know, almost like we talked about this with Dan Lanning and coach prime when Dan Lanning smacked around Colorado a few weeks ago. And I said, you get the sense that that was more about recruiting. That was about setting the tone of you can go play for Hollywood over there, but come play for the real team over here. You wonder if Kirby smart, if he has a chance to kind of rub Billy Napier's nose in the dirt here and say, you sure you want to go play for that guy? Come to Georgia. Let's win some national championships. Just something to think about is worth noting there. Couple other SEC games, Tennessee at Kentucky. Tennessee is a three and a half point road favorite in this game. Interesting note here. Um, first of all, this kind of blows my mind. Kentucky in the middle of essentially the greatest run that they've had, certainly in most of our lifetimes, can't beat Tennessee. Like, like very successful against Florida, um, very successful against some other programs, certainly South Carolina. They're two and eight since Mark Stoops took over as the head coach. Their only two wins were 2017, 2020, or 2017 and 2020. Those were the years that ultimately led to Butch Jones being fired at Tennessee and Jeremy Pruitt being fired at Tennessee. And so I bring that up because unless Tennessee is so bad that they're going to fire coach, Kentucky can't win. Now, in terms of this game, I, I don't know that I love either side. But I do think it's low scoring right now. The over under is set at 51 and a half, or at least that's what I got it at earlier in the week. And I do kind of think that that's probably, in my opinion, the smartest side. 
The reason being, both these teams really good running the ball. Um, Tennessee, number one rush defense in the SEC. Ray Davis from Kentucky, the best back in the SEC, at least statistically. And I don't think either of these coaches trust their quarterbacks. Devin Leary has disappointed. Listen, I was a Devin Leary advocate in the fall, in the summer. He has not been very good, 54% completion percentage. And you know that Josh Heupel doesn't believe in Joe Milton. So expect a lot of run game, expect a lot of physicality, a lot of defense. I don't think either team is going to be in a rush when they get the ball. My hunch is that this is a 24-21 game on either side. Again, I absolutely lean under in this game. Keep it going, SEC. Really big one for some different reasons in College Station. South Carolina at Texas A&M. South Carolina is, uh, uh, Texas A&M, excuse me, is now a 15 and a half point favorite. All the money coming in on A&M. You talk about two coaches that desperately need a win to get their fans off their backs. This might be one and two in the SEC. You could argue Sam Pittman, but Sam Pittman at least fired his offensive coordinator, bought himself some goodwill. This though, that's a different deal as Texas A&M on a two-game losing streak. South Carolina, two and five overall right now. They're a total mess. In terms of the game, listen, you can bet on either side if you want. To me, this is another underplay. I know unders aren't sexy, but this is another game. I don't think either coach trusts their quarterback. Or, excuse me, I take that back. I don't think Jimbo Fisher trusts his quarterback. I don't think he trusts Max Johnson at all. We've talked about it after the last two games. There's been situations where he can go for, he can be aggressive early in the game. He can be aggressive before halftime. He seems to really trust that defense and he doesn't trust his quarterback. So I don't think Jimbo Fisher's in a rush to, to, to try to move the ball up and down the field. And South Carolina is pretty bad across the board. I actually think Spencer Rattler has been pretty good over the course of this season, as good as he can be. But the offensive line is terrible and the defense is terrible. We've talked about it with Caleb Williams. You could criticize Caleb Williams. He's not getting any help from his defense, his offensive line. It's the same with Spencer Rattler. He's getting killed back there. I watched the Missouri game last week. It was like the their entire offense was roll Spencer Rattler out, try not to get him killed. So my hunch is that AM wins this game like 27 to 7. Another underplay for me. Speaking of under in the Big Ten, Ohio State at Wisconsin. I do think Ohio State's going to win. Ohio State's a 14 and a half point road favorite. The over-under in this one continues to plummet. It is now down to 45 and a half. But listen, Wisconsin is playing with a backup quarterback against what is a really elite Ohio State defense. We talked about them on Monday's show. Credit Ryan Day. You know, listen, he had to make a commitment to defense a few years ago. He did it. Uh, Ryan Day and Ohio State, I think they get the victory. And I, I think Wisconsin really struggles to move the ball. This was a game early in the year I thought Ohio State could fall. I just don't think Wisconsin has enough juice offensively. This one, again, feels like a 20-6, to similar to what happened last week with Penn State and Ohio State. I don't think Ryan Day is going to put too much on the plate of his his quarterback, Kyle McCord, especially, by the way, with the announcement that their, their best running back, Travion Henderson, will be back. And then finally, one more game. Well, two more games. First of all, we do have a top 25 matchup, Duke and Louisville. No strong opinion here. Louisville's a four-point favorite. Uh, Duke might be without their starting quarterback, Riley Leonard. Total stay away to me. Colorado-UCLA. This is where I want to wrap. And we'll talk about it in Aaron Wright, Aaron Ron. You can criticize Coach Prime, Dion, for whatever you want. You understand that this game at the Rose Bowl, where nobody goes to UCLA games respectfully, love Chip Kelly. This game sold out a week ago, and they have actually removed a tarp and will now let in about 10 to 12 more thousand fans. They could get like 75, 80,000 people at the Rose Bowl for this game. Respectfully, Colorado is not within driving distance of, of, of LA. It's about a six, 14, 15 hour drive. And beyond that, I looked it up. UCLA tickets to this game are like 125 bucks is the cheapest ticket. Cheapest ticket for the next UCLA game is like 21 bucks for Arizona State. So it's not that, oh, UCLA's getting good all of a sudden. People want to see the Coach Prime show. Do think UCLA wins, though. My guess would be a final score of 31-10. to 10. UCLA's not super explosive. They obviously are trying to figure out their quarterback. Ethan Garbers, the junior, got the start last week. I think Chip Kelly's still going to try to figure out a way to integrate the five-star freshman, Dante Moore, who had been the starter before getting benched. 
Boy, oh boy, that was a good quick whip around of the, the weekend that is in college football. Again, if you want an extended preview of the college football weekend ahead, make sure to go ahead and find the college football betting pod with Aaron Torres available wherever you want much more in-depth breakdowns of those games. Um, but yeah, with the Michigan news, it just felt like we had to be a little bit quicker here. And what I want to do now, everyone pay attention, take a deep breath. What I want to do, I want to take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to run an interview that I did earlier in the week with Michigan star Blake Corum. Many of you are going to sit there and say, Torres, how did you get him? What do you ask him about the scandal? Let me be clear and listen, because I don't want to get yelled at that I gave him a bunch of softball questions. We spoke early in the week before virtually any of this news broke, before the 30 tickets here and the, the Washington Post and the Yahoo Sports reports, okay? So what I wanted to do, and I did ask him, I said, is this a distraction? How are you handling it, et cetera, okay? And so I bring it up because I want it to be transparent. I wasn't ducking it. I wasn't avoiding questions. Um, I wanted to have the balance of, you know, celebrating this season while also asking about what was going on. But again, the interview was done well before most of the information of this week came out. But I thought Blake handled it really well. He talked a lot about what's going on there. But part of the reason that I also wanted to keep this segment in was simply because it felt to me like it was good to also represent the other side. I've been very negative on Michigan. I think I've been fair, but I've been negative. I don't think it's good for Harbaugh. I don't think it's good for the program, et cetera, okay? And so I bring it up solely to say that I wanted to present the other side, the positive side of Michigan football. So Blake Corum, star Michigan football player, will join me. We'll talk about uh, his charity work, which I think is incredible, the team. And yes, I do ask him a question or two about what's going on off the field. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply all right, joining me via Zoom, uh, very, very excited about this interview. Um, uh, star of the number two ranked Michigan Wolverines here on behalf of the Allstate Good Works team. You know, I've, I've done a lot of stuff with Allstate through the years. An incredible group of student athletes, former student athletes like Tim Tebow and RG3. Uh, but joining me today to speak about Allstate and, of course, uh, the Good Works team, as well as the season that we are in the midst of, Michigan star running back Blake Corum. What's up, man? How you doing? Hey, I'm blessed, man. Can't complain at all. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. And it's funny, you know, first of all, I'm, I'm really excited to talk to you. But it, it was interesting because even when I spoke with with I don't know if I can call Tim Tebow Tim like I'm on a first name basis with him. But like when I spoke with Tim about, you know, four or five weeks ago, we talked about your work specifically in the community. It's not to say there aren't a lot of other great athletes that are doing great stuff around the community, part of the Allstate Good Works team. But I bring it up because it has been so kind of just out there because of your status as a star of a high-profile team at Michigan, most notably, of course, the the two turkey drives the last two years uh, on Thanksgiving weekend. So I'm just curious, you know, where did this kind of philanthropic, you know, side of you come from? Because it's something that has been talked about, it's been shared, uh, and it's a really cool element, especially for somebody, uh, you know, that that's busy with football and has a lot of things going on in their lives outside the community. You know, I tell everyone, you know, it starts, it started, uh, you know, just the way my parents brought me up, you know, they were firm believers, you know, uh, they always gave back every chance they got, whether that be in the church, whether that be, you know, feeding the homeless, you know, uh, you name it, they always gave it. So just me seeing that growing up, you know, inspired me, 
And, you know, with NIL now, um, it's given me the opportunity um, and the platform uh, to, to give back the way, you know, I, I want to. And, you know, this is something I'm going to do the rest of my life. Like you say, the turkey drive, you know, that started two years ago, going on year three. And we've gotten, we've uh, put out more turkeys each year. First year, I believe it was like, I don't know, 200. Last year, it was like 400. Uh, this year, uh, we're doing 600. Uh, probably could do more. Probably could do more. Uh, and so, so we'll see. But, uh, you know, backpack giveaways, you know, camps, uh, you know, you name it. You know, I'm trying to be in the community. I'm trying to collab with with people uh, like Allstate, you know, uh, just just people are, are trying to do things for a, a better cause, you know. So, you know, that's where it started from, you know, just the way I was raised. And, uh, you know, now just given the platform, I've been, I've been able to, uh, you know, take it to, to a whole nother level. Where did, you know, not only where did the turkey drive idea come from, but more importantly, like, like what goes into that? I can't imagine that you're doing it alone. Not to say that you're not putting in yeah. a lot of the legwork yourself, but, but what goes into that so that on Thanksgiving day or the day before, or whenever the actual event is, uh, it's allowed to kind of go off without a hitch. Yeah. The turkey drive started, uh, what was that? Right after COVID, uh, uh, coach Mike Hart, he, uh, teamed up with uh, the, this, it's a company called AFC Ann Arbor and they hold these camps in Ypsilanti and Coach Harris was like, hey, you want to come out and uh, you know play with the kids, maybe read to them, play a little soccer? I'm like, of course, you know, I love giving back. So I went out there uh, to a neighborhood and, um, you know, that's what I did and I, you know, uh, became friends with, you know, the, the people that founded it and things like that and I brought to them, I had this idea, I was like, you know what, you know, I want to, I want to, I'm here in Michigan. I'm not from here, but I want to be in the community like I'm from here. And so uh, I asked them, I was like, what do you guys think about a turkey drive? Uh, and they were like, you know, that's a great idea. You know, and think about, you know, Thanksgiving. I wanted to do close Thanksgiving because I feel like that's a time where families, you know, can come together, um, you know, laugh, smile, whatever they're going through. Just put it to the side for the day, you know, and just laugh and smile and then have a good time. And, you know, we were able to do that. You know, we, we found a... Uh, found a good turkey distribution place. You know, there were 200 turkeys that kind of fast. Um, you know, that's how we did the first year. So it's, it's a team effort. You know, I work with AFC and I work with Washington Dairy. Um, you know, it's not just turkeys we're giving away. We're giving away turkeys. We're giving away canned goods. We're giving away, you know, milk. You know, we're giving away, you know, uh, basketballs, footballs, you know, you name it. You know, we're trying to do it. And so, uh, so you know, I'm really excited uh, about this year. Um, this year's turkey drive to be specific we had the new neighborhood this year so instead of two neighborhoods we're going to three neighborhoods um, and, and they're different you know these neighborhoods you know uh, you know might not be the best you know might not be the best area um, but we're trying to bring everyone together you know to make it a better better safer place so you know um, that's where the turkey drive started but it's not just me uh, you know I have, I have a team behind me of uh, good people that uh help get the job done and uh we put a lot of smiles on a lot of people's faces uh again blake corm here on behalf of all state good works team uh last one on kind of this topic but like um i i know you're not doing it for a pat on the back or whatever but but how fulfilling is it to to walk into those communities or to see somebody have a warm meal that might not um because you know i think we all feel like we could be spending our time more productively or doing more whatever I mean, for those of us like me that probably should be doing more, you know, how fulfilling is it for, for somebody like you and your team to be able to see all that? You know, it's probably one of the best feelings, uh, you know, that, you know, in my small lifetime that I've felt, you know, every chance I get back and I see a kid smile, I see, you know, a mom or a dad smile, you know, it just puts the biggest smile and, and the joy that, you know, fulfills my heart. Um, you know, it's, you know, it, it's crazy, you know, it's crazy the the way I feel. So, you know, I know it makes them happy, but it, it makes me so happy too, because, you know, I, I see them happy. And so uh, it's one of the best feelings, you know, it's, it's hard to even explain how good it makes me feel. Fantastic. Let's get to some football stuff. Michigan, number two team in the country. You know, first of all, I would be remiss that there's a lot of off the field stuff going on. You know, you as a leader of the team, of the program, is it something that has impacted you, how you're leading this team, what you do on a day-to-day -day basis? I know you guys are on a bye as we record here, but a lot of stuff going on off the field, and, and I'd be curious how you as kind of one of the leaders of the team is kind of handling it. You know, uh, the way I handle it is just block out all distractions. You know, I feel like, you know, 
we've we've been in a scenario like this before, you know, where there's been, you know, outside distractions, whether you're, you know, that'd be the first three games of the season where, you know, coach uh, wasn't there on the sideline, you know, you name it. You know, I feel like we, we've been through it, um, you know, and so my message is just, you know, whatever happens outside of Schimbeckler Hall, whatever, you know, people are saying, you know, just block it out. You know, all, all we can do is con- control what we can uh, and be the best teammates for each other and focus on the next game and the next day. Um, that's all we can focus on, you know. And so, you know, that's what I tell my teammates, you know, just block out any distraction, whether that be on Twitter, Instagram, people telling you something, just just block it out, man, focus on what we need to focus on. Coach says that, you know, you guys are, I don't know if he said the closest team that he's ever been around, but certainly amongst the closest. I mean, can you feel that in the locker room, especially, by the way, not just in the good times, but in times where, where there's stuff yeah. going on, the outside noise, all that? Yeah, nah, uh, there's something special about this team. And I thought, I was telling, uh, I forget who I was telling yesterday, but I thought, like, Team 142, uh, was really good. And then I thought Team 143 was really good, you know, and close. But I don't know. Something about Team 144, uh, we have something uh, boiling, um, you know, and inside Schimbeckler Hall within ourselves and on the field. So, you know, this is a very special team. Uh, we definitely play for our brothers. Uh, you know, it, it's great. What is it about Coach Harbaugh that has created that culture over really his entire time there, but the last three years? We all look at him <clears> from the outside. I wish I had the picture. I dressed up as a, as Halloween one time, which was was a, a hit at the Halloween party. But what is it about him that that has created the identity of Michigan football that we see every Saturday when you guys take the field? You know, everyone's just uh, following his lead. You know, what I'm saying, and he lets the leaders lead. You know, he doesn't have to say much because the captains, you know, the previous captains, you know, the current captains, uh, myself, you know, we can take the lead. You know, uh, he believes that you know the team goes as we go, you know, so, uh, you know, he, he's a wonderful leader. Um, you know, some about coach Harbaugh, he's, he's consistent. You know what you're going to get from him each and every day. You know, he loves the game of football and he's a player's coach, you know, so when you have a coach like that, you know, you want to play for him, especially when he lets, you know, the captains take control of the team, you know, that means a lot as well. So, you know, just being able to, you know, play with coach Harbaugh going on four years, uh, you know, has been a great experience. Uh, you know, I wouldn't have wanted to play for any anyone else. You know, Coach Harbaugh is, you know, my guy. Well, you could have left last year, right? And he kind of probably – he says that he told you to leave. And, and that you want – I mean, obviously there's there's some, you know, opportunities for you on campus, but he kind of tried to push you out the door. Did he or am I making that up? Uh, nah, nah. It definitely uh, went something like that. You know, uh, he was just giving me, uh, you know, his, his thoughts, his opinions on both sides. You know, if I leave or if I came back with pros and cons. So, uh, you know, he wasn't the type of coach that'd be like, nah, you need to stay for the better, you know, himself or the, you know, being selfish or anything like that. He was like, nah, if you go, these these are the pros, you know, you know, and if you come back, there's pros as well. So, you know, he's the type of coach you can go to and talk to like that, you know, which is uh, really good. Two more, we'll get you out of here. The first one, one of your teammates, JJ McCarthy. I mean, it's it's still somewhat early but but you know you're a star he's a star I'm not trying to diminish anything you or any of your other teammates have but uh JJ is kind of in that short conversation of guys in the Heisman race yeah. uh if I, I don't know if you want to campaign for him I don't want to put you on the spot here but yeah. what makes him special do you believe he's maybe the best player in college football this year you know I'll definitely campaign for him um you know he he is you know the best you know he he is the best you know uh just the way you know, as a quarterback, you know, you got to be the field general. You know, you have to be able to take control of the game, control the team. You know, the ball's in your hands every play, whether you like it or you don't. You know, uh, you're touching the ball. So, you know, the growth that I've seen in him from last year to this year is uh, second to none. Um, you know, the way he's able to stay in the pocket, you know, feel comfortable in the pocket, the way he's able to escape and make big plays, uh, you know, his uh, precision. You know, um, you know, he doesn't make many mistakes at all, um, you know, so just, you know, playing in the backfield with him and just the growth that I've seen from last year to this year, uh, you know, there's no doubt in my mind, you know, he deserves that award. Uh, he deserves the, the Heisman. Um, you know, he just has to finish strong and, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll tell you himself, you know, he's not worried about it. You know what I'm saying? He's not worried about the Heisman or whatever other awards you know quarterbacks may get um you know it's kind of focused on the team and that's the mindset you have to have that's the mindset of a good leader um 
you know, so, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's killing it this year. Last one. I mean, we know a lot of the narrative about this team. And again, there's still four regular season games left. So I don't want to sell any of your, your upcoming opponents short, but obviously you've made the playoff the last two years, you've fallen short, but you know, some believe you're the best. I'm I'm saying I believe you're the best team in college football. You were my preseason pick for what it's worth. Just I want to put that on the record right now. But uh, how do you feel about the? You know, I know you said the the closeness, the bond is better. I mean, do you guys feel like you're ready to take that next step this year? Hopefully in the postseason. Yeah, we we definitely do. But like you know, I tell my team, you know, just be where your feet are. Don't look too far ahead. Um, you know, you can glance at it, but uh, don't indulge in it. You know, just work, uh, focus on day to day. You know, week to week and uh. You know, we have some tough games ahead of us, um, especially on the road. So, you know, uh, I, I definitely think we have what it takes. But we, in order to get there, you know, we have to finish business. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I could easily say, oh, yeah, you know, you know, I can't wait, you know, for the Big Ten Championship or college football playoffs. But, you know, that's not promising. You know, do I believe we're good enough? Heck, yeah. But, um, you know, we got to remain, remain humble, remain, uh, continue to get better um, and, and finish the season strong. He is Blake Corm here on behalf of Allstate Good Works team. Uh, Blake, first of all, genuinely appreciate the time. Uh, amazing. No, no, thank you, man. And we love what you're doing in the community. By the way, I delete Instagram off my phone every day, so I can't find the picture of me dressed as Coach Tarbaugh, but just know it is out on the internet somewhere. But we appreciate the time. Allstate Good Works team, you do incredible stuff for that community, your community back home in the DMV area. So thank you for the time. You know, Thank you for everything you do. And uh, hopefully we'll be talking again down the road. No, I appreciate it. Have a good one. Thank you, everybody, as always, for your support of the Aaron Torres Pod and Aaron Torres Pod YouTube channel. And we have a major announcement as legal sports betting is now in the state of Kentucky. That is right. The Aaron Torres Pod and Aaron Torres Pod YouTube has partnered with DraftKings Sportsbook and the DraftKings Sportsbook app. And here is the best part. DraftKings has an incredible offer for listeners of the Aaron Torres pod who are first-time customers with DraftKings. This is the deal. Here's what you need to know. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Bet $5 on any game, just $5, and you get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you use the promo code Torres. That's right. It's that simple. Again, first-time customers, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Bet $5 on any game. Pro, college, any sport you want, and get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you use the code Taurus. Thank you to our new partners, DraftKings Sportsbook. Thrilled to be working with them. Take advantage of their offer now. All right, everybody. I'm back. Good to be back. Good to be back. Final segment of the show. Final segment of the week. So good to be back. It's been a little bit of a heavier week with all this Michigan stuff. So let's wrap on a lighter note with America's favorite podcast segment where Aaron was right, where Aaron was wrong. Yes, for people who knew the show, stole this from my buddy Colin Cowherd. Colin does where Colin was right, where Colin was wrong every single week. Yes, I stole it from him. Yes, I give him credit every week. But we brought it to this show for one very simple reason. It is because over the course of a week, a month, a year, two years, five years, 10 years, 20 years, Nobody loves giving out more hot sports takes than your boy Torres. Torres said this. Torres said that you should have listened to Torres. I never shut up. And so we do where Aaron was right, where Aaron was wrong every single week. Because if I'm going to acknowledge my best takes of the week, I also have to acknowledge the worst ones. Let's dive in where Aaron was right, where Aaron was wrong. Where Aaron was right. So a week ago, the Michigan story breaks. And my first instinct is this feels like a really big deal. I get that sign stealing happens everywhere. I get that uh, whatever. This feels like something major, though. Competition, you are breaking the rules. You're doing something that nobody else is doing. And so it was wild to see the reaction by a lot of other people in the media. Oh, the NCAA is out to get Harbaugh. Oh, this isn't a big deal. Oh, everybody does it. And I started to question myself. I was like, is this real? Am I making something out of nothing? Well, yeah, as it turns out, it's a big deal. Now, we can argue if it's a dumb rule or not. We can argue... If it is, if the NCA needs to start allowing, uh, you know, speakers into helmets, those are interesting conversations. But the baseline conversation: Did Michigan gain a significant advantage? Yes. And did they egregiously flaunt the rule? Absolutely. I'm sorry, but when you're going to eight Ohio State games, when Ohio State isn't going to any of yours, that is a major, major, major rules violation. 
Same with Georgia. Same with all the schools that they've scouted throughout the years. Everybody in the Big Ten, et cetera. Listen, I could go on and on. But the bottom line is, this was a big deal. This always has been a big deal. Be careful who you listen to in the media. Everyone's trying to tell you, no, it was nothing. No, it's always been a big deal. We said it was a big deal a week ago, and we have been proven 100% right. Where Aaron was wrong. So I got to be honest. I have been all aboard this Michigan thing prior to this week. They're awesome. They're getting so much better. And in the process, I have been very critical of Ryan Day. Back-to-back losses to Michigan. Uh, you know, can't win the big one, hasn't won that national championship yet. And to be clear, I'm not critical that he's never won a national championship, but I said, this program feels like it's regressing. Well, kind of a good week for Ryan Day. First of all, I give him so much credit, completely remaking that defense, hiring Jim Knowles. And I think it all came to fruition last weekend when Ohio State took care of business against Penn State, largely because of their defense. But I also think we got to completely rethink about what we think about Ohio State losing two games in a row to Michigan. Bottom line is we don't know. Bottom line is they'll play again. We'll see what is going on at Michigan by that point. But at the same time, we've got to acknowledge this does change a little bit. And even if it doesn't, even if you think Michigan was the better team on those two specific days, I thought it was a great week for Ryan Day, given how good that defense was. I have been very critical of Ryan Day. And frankly, much of it probably wasn't justified. Let's get back to it where Aaron was right. So every time I talk about Deion Sanders on this show, the number one response I get, Torres, nobody cares about Deion. Stop talking about him so much. The Deion effect is overblown. No, it's not. Did you see the story that the Rose Bowl, the Rose Bowl where UCLA plays its home games, that sometimes they can't get 10,000 fans in that stadium, depending on the opponent, time of year, whatever. They completely sold out for Colorado this weekend. Oh, by the way, on top of that, they are taking a tarp off of one of the end zones and they could potentially have 75,000, 80,000 people in the seats at the Rose Bowl on Saturday night for Colorado. Now you could sit there and say, well, UCLA is getting better, but the bottom line is the cheapest ticket for Saturday is like 150 bucks right now. UCLA hosts Arizona State a week from now. The cheapest ticket is $20. So don't tell me it's UCLA. Don't tell me it's people getting better. It is that people are fascinated by this Dion stuff, fascinated by Colorado football. You might not like it. The public is wild about it. Can't get enough of it. How about Colorado bringing 80,000 people to the Rose Bowl? The Dion effect, my friends, is real. Let's get back to it where Aaron was wrong. Uh, we got to talk Lincoln Riley. So when Lincoln Riley left Oklahoma for USC, Oklahoma fans were, oh, he's the, you know, good luck with him, USC fans. You're, you you know, we're going to be better off with that. And I criticized Oklahoma fans. And I said, this was one of the greatest coups in the history of college football, USC getting Lincoln Riley. Well, fast forward a year and a half and everything Oklahoma fans said about Lincoln Riley is largely proving to be correct. This team, the defense is regressing. There's weird stuff going on. I understand Lincoln Riley was sick this week. I understand he had pneumonia. I'm not criticizing him for missing practice. But you can just feel when there's something not quite right around a program, and this feels like that moment in time for for USC right now, all as Oklahoma is thriving. And so I go back to the day he was hired. I said this is a home run upon home runs. Last year, they make the Pac-12 championship game, are one game away from the playoff. This is regressing in a hurry. I was dead wrong on this, and I was dead wrong, Oklahoma fans. You guys were right the whole time, where Aaron was right. All right, let's go back. Let's go to the NBA really quick. Okay, so I don't talk a ton of NBA on this show, but I host Fox Sports Radio every Saturday night, 11 p.m. Eastern time, and I bring it up because one of the conversations we had all summer was about James Harden, the NBA star. And it was all, you know, he demands a trade and I'm personally not a fan. I think he's entitled. I think he's spoiled. I think he's whatever. But I also said like, why does everyone just assume that there's a trade market for this guy? I get that he won an MVP in 2018. Do you know that he hasn't made it out of the second round of the playoffs since 2018? Last year, he gagged in game seven. He chokes routinely in big games and he causes chaos everywhere he's been. Listen, if you don't feel like you, if you feel like you got screwed out of an extension, uh, you don't call your GM a liar trying to demand a trade because all it does is make everybody who would potentially trade for you sit there and say, he's getting older, 
He doesn't win in big moments. He's often out of shape and he is a menace to anyone who, who gets him. And so I've said since June, I've said like, I don't understand why everyone assumes there is this robust trade market for James Harden. He's out of shape. He doesn't perform in big games. He hasn't carried teams deep into the playoffs and he's nothing but a problem going forward. And oh, by the way, the last three teams he's been on, he has tried to force his way out the last two successfully. So I bring it up because if you're the Clippers or if you're anybody else, why are you in a rush to get that guy? So he can come torpedo your franchise and demand a trade a year from now. I was dead right on this one. I've been right on it and it is getting bad for James Harden as uh, the Clippers are out of the mix for a trade for him. I would also add, by the way, the latest report was that he tried to board the team plane and team security forced him off where Aaron was wrong. Let's get back to another basketball story. This one at the college level. And we've done two or three segments on this show about Cooper flag, the number one high school player in America. And over the last two weeks, he's committed. He's um, you know, he's gotten his, his group down to Duke and UConn. He's going to go to either Duke or UConn. And over the last couple of weeks, we've done a couple updates of there's little breadcrumbs that maybe UConn could be the team, you know, follows on social media, the relationship between his mom and Donovan Klingon's late mom, Donovan Klingon, currently a UConn Husky. And so I bring it up because I was holding out hope that it could actually happen. But this past weekend, he visits Duke and immediately it becomes clear that he is going to commit in the next couple of days. As I record, we don't have a hard and fast deadline, but it feels like everything is trending towards Duke. So something else happens, we'll keep you updated, but my inclination is it is going to be Duke. I don't know that I ever really like went on the record and said, I think it's going to be UConn. I just said, I think UConn has more momentum than people think, but at the same time, it's going to be Duke. The dream is dead for the Huskies. My hunch is that Dan Hurley is going to be just fine. Finally, let's wrap. Where Aaron was wrong. Well, that was where Aaron was wrong. Let's get to where Aaron was wrong again because the Ole Miss Rebels. Okay, so hotty toddy, gosh almighty. We're going to go back to football. We're not talking Ole Miss basketball. They'll, they'll be interesting with, with Chris Beard. But Ole Miss football was a team I was down on. And even early in the year, when they got smoked at Alabama, when they barely survived LSU, I said, this team isn't very good. Well, you look up and they are six and one right now going into the Vanderbilt game. They won in a very tough environment at Auburn last last week. It was the first time in 70 plus years that they have won back to back games against Auburn. They're six and one right now. They should be seven and one next week going into a home game against Texas A&M. And boy, oh boy, if they win that one, they will be eight and one going to play the Georgia Bulldogs on November 11th. Finally. Let's wrap with one more Aaron wrong because, you know, I've been wrong on a lot this week. So I mentioned Ole Miss plays Texas A&M in a few days, or a few weeks, excuse me. And I was asked on A&M radio on Thursday morning, can Texas A&M salvage this season? And what I said was they can, but we have no, no reason to really believe that they will. Texas A&M plays South Carolina this weekend at home, but they still have road games against LSU and against Ole Miss later in the year. And where I was wrong was I really thought this was a change-up breakout year for this team. You hire Bobby Petrino. You got guys in, 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 in all sorts of places as far as skill position talent, defensive line talent, whatever. I just bring it up because this felt like the year. Texas A&M is now sitting at 4-3. and three. I certainly hope they get the win this weekend against South Carolina. But even if they do, there's no reason for me to really think they're going to be better than 8-4, and four, maybe 7-5. and five. And for them to go 8-4, and four, that means that they're going to have to either beat LSU or Ole Miss on the road. Remember, AM is on an eight-game road losing streak, and Jimbo Fisher to date has not beaten a ranked team on the road. So it's not looking good for a team that I thought would be pretty good in the preseason. All right. I think that's it for this episode of the Aaron Tour Sports Podcast. Do think it is time for me to get out of here. If you're not subscribed, please make sure to do so. Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Music, wherever you listen to podcasts, make sure to subscribe. Make sure to rate and review the show. I know I've asked a few times, but if you could go on Apple, give a quick five stars, that really would help us grow all that good stuff. Uh, make sure you're following on social media, at Aaron underscore Torres on Twitter, at Aaron Torres pod on Instagram, 
Aaron Torres pod on TikTok. TikTok pages, you know, we're doing pretty well right now. I'm not going to lie. The TikTok page, I'm starting to figure things out over there. Really enjoying that platform. So make sure to follow. Also, if you're not following on YouTube, shame on you. The YouTube content has been through the roof. And there's a lot of times where we'll do YouTube exclusive content that does not make this show. So make sure you're subscribed on YouTube, subscribe to the podcast. If you're listening via audio podcast, make sure to leave a rating and review. And I think that's it. Time for me to get out of here. Appreciate everybody's support. I will be back on Monday. Shout out to Torn Craig. Shout out to Rachel, who hates my voice. Shout out to JJ Reddick, you F-head. Unblock me, bro. I'll be back Monday. New episode, Aaron Torres Pod. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.